Welcome to the St. Richard's Podcast Sermon of the Week. This week's message is given by the Reverend Kelly Jennings. For more information, please visit us at strichards.org. Today we are celebrating the Feast of the Transfiguration, and this year we are reading from the Gospel of Luke. So we get Luke's account of the great transformation on the mountaintop. It's worth doing some comparisons, too, with those accounts in both Matthew and Mark. So this one is found in Luke chapter 9. Well, you all know the fairy tale of the beauty and the beast. Once upon a time, there was a hard-hearted prince, and he is put under a spell and turned into an ugly beast The spell will be lifted when he learns to love someone and that someone loves him back. Well, in the fairy tale, of course, that happens. The spell is lifted and the beast is revealed to be a handsome prince. Well, our Christian faith has that story mapped over it in several different ways. There are ways where we can see ourselves as the beast. There are ways that we can interpret Jesus as the beast. With Revelation being involved in any of those interpretations. So first, us, we as the beast. We are those who are being called to change from the time we are baptized onwards. We all have our rough edges, no matter how we look on the outside. We all miss the mark in regards to doing right by others. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves, we say in the prayer of confession. And we certainly have not loved ourselves as we should, if we're honest. We have done things and left undone things that all show how our love for God himself falls way short. So in our not fairy tale, but reality tale, we are the ones called to transform from beast, we might say, into whom God has meant us to be. And the process of our transformation begins when we meet the one we are destined to fall in love with, our Lord, the Prince of Peace. Well, many of us believers have stories of how we met and fell in love with the Prince of Peace, Jesus. Some meetings with Jesus are very dramatic, but some, like my own, happened, as an old priest friend of mine called it, like a green apple slowly turning red over my childhood, and I guess I could say over my whole life. I've enjoyed falling more and more deeply in love with the Prince of Peace. Some meet Jesus in a dream and know that there is no turning back from the one who will go to all extremes to save his beloved sheep. My summer book at the beach this year was by a former radical extremist Muslim turned Christian called Esther Ahmad. She lived in Pakistan and as a teenager had actually signed up for a suicide bombing mission on non-believers. But she describes having a dream that prevented her from doing that. One week before her mission of death, she dreamt 
that she was standing in a beautiful, wide open space. And a man walked towards her, covered in light. He walked over to one of the graves. There was a graveyard back behind him. And he proceeded, he drew her to him, brought her over to this one grave. And in her dream, this man of light reached out to a man in the grave and pulled him up alive. And then the man covered in light turned to her and said, Esther, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Now, Esther had never read the Bible, and her name at that time was not even Esther. But a week later, she told her dream to a lab worker in a hospital whom she had discovered was a Christian. And when he heard her account of the dream, he started to cry and told her, there is a man who said those words once. They are found in the Bible. As soon as Esther, she would be called Esther later on, as soon as Esther heard that, she knew there was no going back to whom she had been. She had to learn more about this man, Jesus, at all costs. And there would be a great cost to pay ahead of her. Ask me, please, about the book after the service. It's a great read. In the gospel today, we encounter a transformation from beast to prince as Jesus, the beast. We talked a bit about we being the beast but you might see Jesus as beast to prince in the transfiguration account today. The disciples are the ones who encounter Jesus as though in a dream. He is surrounded by light. His true divine identity would seem to be revealed to them. This is my son, says the voice of God the Father overhead. This is my son, my chosen. Now before this event, we call the transfiguration. Few disciples had been daring enough to state anything close to who Jesus really was. His identity, you might say, was hidden from them. Peter, so far, had been the only one to be so bold as to declare Jesus the Messiah. What's great about our lessons today is that we get to hear from Peter himself in his own words in our epistle, our second lesson today. Listen again as St. Peter reflects on the event of the Transfiguration as an eyewitness. He says, we didn't follow cleverly devised myths. In other words, this is no fairy tale. We had been eyewitnesses of his majesty, for he received honor and glory from God the Father when that voice was conveyed to him by the majestic glory, saying, this is my son, my beloved, with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves, says Peter, heard this voice come from heaven while we were with him on the holy mountain. So now, as for the reality tale we're outlining here, we could say, ah, so this, the transfiguration then, is where the beast, Jesus, is revealed as the true prince, the son of God, in the Christian story. We see Jesus' true identity here, and we could say that. If what we mean by the real Jesus is who Jesus is and the reality of the love of God, the Father, Son, and Spirit, right? Yes, he is the Son of God as the Father proclaims here, and it's hard to top that as a revelation. But 
Our reality tale in Christianity is about the kind of love that is revealed on more than one mountaintop. There is more than one final scene of revelation in the great tale of God's love for us. Listen to Isaiah 53. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering. Like one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. When Jesus appears beastliest to the world is when we witness God's love at its highest peak for God's beloved and fallen creation. When Jesus appears beastliest to the, to the world, that, we could say, is a revelation of itself, a revelation of God's great love. For here at the cross also is a revelation of God's true love for us, the giving up of his son for the sake of the real world he has come to save. So which is the real Jesus? Where do we see the real love of God? The Jesus of light on this mountain today in the Transfiguration, or the Jesus under a dark sky on another mountain, Calvary, on a Friday afternoon? Well, the reality of our God is found in both. Our God is not a God who discounts all the pain, depression, anger, frustration, and grief that we carry with us. And our God is not a God who says, escape all that and live with me in light and goodness, or worse, a God who says, you can give up on joining me in my light and goodness because of all the bad choices you've made in this life. It's too late. No, no. The cross reveals to us a God who says, I am going to go through your dark valley with you. I am with you in your darkness. I am with you in your anger. I am with you in your mourning and in the ruins of a Kentucky flood. Our God is the God who says, I know your sufferings because I've been there too. And I will be with you always. That's good news this morning. Our Lord, the Prince of Peace, is with us through it all. So the third and most breathtaking revelation, of course, takes place on the Sunday after Jesus is crucified. Another revelation of God's love and the most surprising of all. He stands before Mary Magdalene at the empty tomb and calls her name, Mary. Today, hear the prince's words to you, beauty. He says, I am the way and the truth and the life. This prince of peace will also be standing at your grave one day, and you will take his hand into new life. That's good news. That's our God, and how blessed we are to know him and to be able to share him with others who are seeking this man of light, whether they know it or not right now. To close, I'll leave us with Peter's words, which we already heard, when speaking about the revelation given to him. So here's the closing words in our epistle today. He says this, You will do well to be attentive to this as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Amen. Thank you for tuning in. 
For service times or more information on St. Richard's, please visit strichards.org.